think the first time I preached in the rain. So that's kind of that's kind of fun. Um, we have been working through Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, and we learned who it was from. It's from the Apostle Paul, who it was to the church in Ephesus, and also to us, to you. You heard an initial word of um, grace from God our Father and peace from God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, then we discovered some of the blessings, the spiritual blessings that we've been given. We've been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Remember what those were? We've been chosen by God. We've been adopted into his family. We've been redeemed by the blood of Christ, by his life given for us. We've been uh, granted forgiveness of our sins and our trespasses and also um, the purpose of God's will has been revealed to us which is that all things are going to be gathered together in Jesus Christ, things on heaven and things on earth, united in him. That's where all this is heading to that beautiful place. This morning we're going to hear a word about um, uh, inheritance. So you'll remember we've talked about Ephesians in kind of two big sections. The first three chapters are about the gospel, about spiritual blessing. And then the last three chapters are about what does that mean? For us, what, how do we respond to it? And so we're still kind of in this vein of receiving, of, of discovering all of the blessings that we have been given in Christ. And so where will we start with that? Um, inheritance. Uh, this is what Paul has to say. We're picking up here in chapter 1, verse 11. In him, meaning in Jesus, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who are the first to hope in Christ would also be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth and believed in the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Paul wants to tell us about grace and peace and blessing and an inheritance that is ours. Do you want to know what that is? This was a real struggle for me to figure out how to articulate this. And so I think I boiled it down to one word. Do you know what your inheritance is in Christ? You know what inheritance is, right? It's, you kind of receive something. Do you know what it is? One word. Everything. That's what you receive. That is your inheritance. Can you stop and just think about that for just a second? Everything. is what you will receive. Everything that is good, everything that is true, everything that is... Beautiful, everything that is holy, everything that's been sanctified, everything that is drawn into the kingdom is going to be yours. As human beings, we spend a lot of our time thinking about our stuff. And guess what? In the end, everything becomes yours. Why? It, it, Paul kind of hints at this in the sentence above it, which we finished with last week. The, the, he's disclosed to us the mystery of his will, which is to unite all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. Everything belongs to Christ, and because you have been incorporated into Christ, you're his body, everything belongs to you. He, Paul says it like this in another place. You are co-heirs. You are co-inheritors with Jesus. So everything that Jesus has, you have. 
So you get everything. But here's the distinction. That was actually how it was meant to be in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth and put human beings, Adam and Eve, in the midst of the garden. To have what over it? Dominion. To have power over it. To have authority over it. To be God's representatives in it. To sort of, in some sense, finish the creation. Human beings named the animals, right? God honors us with a share in that. But of course, we, we've lost that. Uh, we, we took a, a hard left turn, right turn. We, we went astray. We wandered away. We tried to, and here's the distinction, we tried to think of the creation as something that we could have for ourselves and not as a means of communication and communion with God. But, but that's what God's been doing something about such that now incorporated into Christ we've been given our place back in the creation but now not just as servants not just as stewards not just as those who have a master who's directing us in these things but now as family as children the theological term is as sons of God joined to Christ it, be, it will belong to us belong to you and that is too big for my mind to comprehend um, the point of receiving everything is not to have the stuff. The point is that the stuff becomes infused with God's grace such that everything is now a means of communication, communion, and union with God. So maybe we can figure out a little bit of what that might mean or look like. So let's, let's leave that there. And if all you take away is that I don't think I can comprehend that, well, maybe that's a good point of awe and wonder for you. And you can go home and say, thank you, Lord. Um, but when I think of inheritance, um, I think of a yellow chair that's sitting in my office. You, you'll know that my grandmother passed away around Christmas time. And uh, we've been working through all the details of you know her estate and everything. And... So one of the things that uh, wasn't really written down anywhere was it was a chair that she used to sit in in the living room, and now I've got it in my office. It's a yellow chair, one of her favorite colors. It's a swivel rocker. Uh, she was about 5'2", and so it is way too short for me, but um, it's still kind of cozy, still comfortable. I can sit there and read. I think of a chair that my grandmother gave me. And of course, thinking about my granny, I think about my granddaddy, and I, I think about my inheritance, and I think about when he passed away in 1999, um, he, gave, he left to me a truck, a GMC Sierra, uh, 1987 pickup, three gears on the column, gets to 60 and it starts to shake a little, that's still sitting in my garage. I still have it. That's part of, that was part of my inheritance. Part of my, that, is that the sort of thing that you think about when you think about inheritance? When I think about inheritance, I think about um, a ring that my grandmother gave to my grandfather at their 50th wedding anniversary. And he lost his original wedding ring. That doesn't sound very promising or good, does it? Uh, and so she gave him this ring at their anniversary. And uh, when he passed away then, well, it's found its way to me. And she gave it to Leslie, and Leslie gave it to me on our wedding day. And so I, I wear that ring on my finger. Um, when I think about my inheritance, I think about a chair. I think about a truck. I think about a ring. In him we have an inheritance. But let me translate that word slightly differently. Same meaning, same legitimate translation. 
But in English, it conveys a fuller sense or a different sense of this. So instead of saying in him we have an inheritance, and I think about um, a chair, a ring, a truck, I want you to hear in him we have a heritage. Right? So, in it, so if you're an heir, you have a heritage that you inherit. Makes sense? It's all kind of the same thing. But heritage conveys not just the idea of stuff, does it? It can also convey a sense of shared values, of meaning, of relationship. It's interpersonal. It's not things. It's even a sense of culture. We talk about a heritage, right? And so when I think about a heritage, I don't think about a chair in my office. Not the thing. That's not what it's about. It's not some place to sit that doesn't quite hit my legs just right. No, that's not it. I think about the fact that when I sit in it, it still smells like my granny. And smell and memory have this powerful connection. And so when I sit in it and I smell her, I'm reminded of the times that I walked into her living room and she greeted me and I bent down and hugged her in that chair. And then she went through every single thing in her refrigerator and offered it to me, just thinking that I was probably half starved. I think about the conversations we had as she sat in that chair. I was connected to her hospitality, wasn't I? And to her love, to hugs. The inheritance conveys a heritage which is a shared meaning and it's relationally driven. So I remember her. When I, when I think of a heritage, I don't think of a truck that shakes when you drive down the road. I, I think of my granddaddy and sitting next to him in that truck as we rode around town. So he picked me up from preschool as we went down to Lenore Building Supply so he could buy some odd bit of lumber and a few nails for his next project. Uh, I remember the wooden block that he had cut and set on the seat, which was a bench seat, so that I could sit up high enough that I might see out and see where we were going. I remember sitting there as he would talk to the truck as if it was a pair of mules. It was, I mean, he was a funny guy, but this is one of the things he did. And, so he'd say, back up here, giddy up, tell his truck. And I remember sitting on that block and looking out and seeing a stop sign, and he'd always say, S-T-O-P spells stop, and that was the first word I learned to spell. I was connect when I, when I think of my heritage, I don't think of the truck, I think about the relationship that was formed in it. I think of the time we were in a hay field, and I was just old enough to steer, and they put it in granny gear, so it would just kind of walk along, and... At some point, I had to stop and tried to start and let out the clutch and jerked the truck so bad. Granddaddy fell off the back, and he never told me how bad it hurt, but it scared me half to death. I... See the difference here I'm trying to make between heritage and inheritance? It's not just a thing. It's what it connects you to. It's how it becomes a symbol, and a symbol is something that isn't just a sign. It's a symbol participates in the reality and mediates it towards us. When I think about a ring, you know, it has its own symbolic meaning now for me. But when I think about this ring in connection with my grandfather, I think about it on his hands. I think about the fact I had to resize it because my skinny fingers weren't anywhere as big as his big hands were. I remember losing my hand in his as I held it. It just seemed to engulf mine. I think about his hands every single 
day after lunch holding his Bible in his chair, reading, underlining, marking, such that by the end of his life, my grandfather, who had a high school education, I think probably knew the Bible better than I do with a couple of master's degrees. He spent that much time with it. That's what I'm connected to when I think about this ring. It's a set of values, a set of relationships. I'm connected to his love for my grandmother, his love for me, his love for the word and for God and how all of that gets drawn in. Do you see the difference maybe between just an inheritance? We have an inheritance in him, in Jesus, but it's not just stuff. We don't just get the whole world. We actually get the relationship that comes from it, the love that comes from it, the faith that comes from it, the peace, the blessing that comes from it. You see the difference here? Let's talk about it not just in terms of Michael and my family. Let's, let's talk about this in terms of our church. Right? So what are some, what's our inheritance here as a, as a body of believers? Well, you're sitting on part of it. We have the deed to this piece of property. It's been passed down to us as an inheritance, as a heritage from those who have gone before us. We've talked about this. We've made a big deal about this, that right now in this uncertain time, we're gathering in this spot which has become holy for us. This is the place. This is the hill right here where the Reverend Edgar Tufts and Mr. R.E. Piercy sat down and ate lunch on their way from Banner Elk to Elk Park to get the deed for this property, which they have passed to us as a heritage. They wanted to gather a Sunday school here. They wanted to gather people around the Word, around the apostles' teaching. They sat down in this place. They broke bread together. They prayed. They were in fellowship, thinking of us. We're connected. This is because we have the deed somewhere in a file or in a, I don't know where it is actually, but we have it somewhere, I'm sure. Um, just because we have that deed, I mean, that's not the point. The point is that we are connected through this place to the faith of those who have gone before us, to the values of those who have gone before us, to the love of the word of those who have gone before us, to the good news as they have shared it and it's come to us. We have an inheritance in Christ, which has in part come to us through those who have gone before. And that, in fact, Mr. Piercy and Reverend Tufts, they connect us actually to the larger shared faith. See, we have a, we have a massive family, don't we? goes all the way to Ethiopia, around the world. The faith that they've handed to us, Reverend Tufts, is the faith of the early church in Acts. When they received the Holy Spirit, what did they devote themselves to? To the apostles' teaching, to the scriptures they wanted to gather a Sunday school, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to the prayers. That's exactly what they did here. We're connected through this place, through this inheritance, to a heritage that is good and true and beautiful and found in Jesus Christ. Second part, in terms of our church and our inheritance, right? So the deed isn't just to the land, it's also to the building. And this week, Eno was digging around in her file cabinets, and you never know what you're going to find when you start digging around in church file cabinets. But guess what she found? She found the order of worship, the bulletin, for the dedication of this sanctuary in 1964. So this building has so much meaning for us. It is a symbol. In a healthy way, it is a place that connects us to God. In an unhealthy way, it becomes an idol, right? Where we don't think we can worship unless we're inside. 
or something like that. Uh, where we don't want to change something on the wall or the color of the carpet because, you, you know, that kind of thing. That, it can become an idol in that sense, but in a healthy way, it's a symbol for us. It's a place where we connect, where it, the space between us and God becomes maybe a bit thinner. We're ready, we're open in that place to hear from God. But this building connects us to a heritage. It connects us to the faith of those who've gone before. Here's how they prayed for this building and for you. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sounds like Ephesians, doesn't it? God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Father who art in heaven, to thee we dedicate this house. Lord Jesus, Son of God, Savior of the world, head of the body, which is the church, to thee we dedicate this house. Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, given to be our abiding teacher, sanctifier, and comforter, Lord and giver of life, to thee we dedicate this house. We've got the deed to the building. But it's the inheritance, it's the heritage. It's, that's what it connects, it connects us to the living God, it connects us to the faith of our family. In him we have an inheritance. And one day you shall receive everything because it all belongs to Christ and you belong to him. And you're now part of him, you're his body. The point of the things is not the things. The point of the things is that it connects us to the Lord. So let me tell you one more thing about this passage. It's about the ministry of the Spirit, ministry of the Holy Spirit. The scripture says that in him, Again, in Jesus, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, believed in Jesus, you received the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Now, what is the gospel of your salvation? Well, Paul's been talking about that. You've been chosen before the foundation of the world. You've been adopted into God's family so that you're co-heirs with Christ. You've been redeemed. You've been bought back by his blood. You've been forgiven your trespasses. You've been given to know the mystery of his will that one day heaven and earth will all come together in Christ and it will be ours and we will be his. The communion, the Father and the Son and the power of the Spirit. That, that's where we're going. That's the good news. Of the God. That's the gospel of yourself. When you heard that and you believed, guess what happened to you? You received the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. That, that's in the sense of like a signet ring in wax. It's like the official seal of God. You received the Holy Spirit as what? As the guarantee. Another word for that is down payment. Another word for that is earnest, as in, you know, like when you buy a house or something, you put forth earnest money to show you're really serious, or my neighbor's been trying to sell his Toyota, and so all these people were talking to him, but some guy came and gave him $500, said, I'm, I'm going to pay the rest of it later. It shows the genuineness. He's like, I knew he was serious, right? It shows the genuineness of the promise. The earnest that you've received, the down payment that you have received, the, 
the guarantee that you will one day receive all of that is that you've been given the Spirit. When did you receive it? When you heard the good news and believed you received the Spirit. When you heard the Word and received the seal of the Holy Spirit. So, so what I want you to show you is if you want to understand how things, rings and trucks and chairs, buildings and hills can become symbols of something greater, can be connecting points for you and God, I want you to pay attention to word and sacrament. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who transforms a thing into a conduit for your relationship and encounter with God. When you heard the word, you received the Spirit. Let's think about the sacraments. In baptism, Presbyterians talk about baptism as the sign or the symbol and the seal of your incorporation into Christ. So the Holy Spirit is the one who signs you and who seals you with that signet promise that you belong to God. Such that the water is significant and important, but the important thing is the Spirit transforming that into a sacrament, right? Which connects you with God. Or think about coming to the table, the place where we have, well, things like bread and juice, bread and wine, that we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit um, gathers us up and takes us into the heavenly places so that we might feast with Christ at his table. The, Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one who, who, through word and sacrament, begins to transform the whole world for you into a sacramental kind of thing. And here's where, here's where we're, I would like you to get the point I'd like you to get to, perhaps. It's where you can begin to see everything as belonging to Christ and so belonging to you and so a means of you not to control and own but as a means of your connection with God. I want you to think of this hill in that sense. This hill can become that for you as we gather around it. This building can become that for you. But more importantly, these people can become that in the power of the Spirit, a symbol through which you are drawn into relationship with God. Everything that is good and true and beautiful in the power of the Spirit can be that for you. Like every single second of every single minute, of every single hour, of every single day, of your entire life now in the power of the Spirit because you've been drawn into Christ can be an opportunity for you to live in communion with the God who is everywhere and fills all things to be connected to the faith of those who have gone before who pray to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit Amen